It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into a special post-game edition of The Walkout. Paul Inner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic with Hear That Podcast Growling. I'm, I'm excited to be back post-game and Bengals win. If you win, if you beat the Super Bowl champs in the preseason opener, do you get the trophy? Or does somebody have to like give up one of their rings or something to you? <laughs> you should get a trophy, maybe not the trophy. You should get something. You should get something. I mean, there's the, I, they all got chicken sandwiches after the game, but I think they get that after every game, even when they stink. No orange slices. No, it's chicken sandwiches and chips, and uh, there's a fruit. There's fruit cups. Um, there's actually multiple chicken sandwiches, but that's what everybody gets after this game, as they do uh, for just for attending. I attended as well, and so have some thoughts on things, thoughts that were, you know. As much as we can, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, you literally are going to be dissecting six snaps for the first string defense, essentially, and one catch, one touch for your big four skill players. It's a very weird thing to do. Um, but I do think there were some pretty interesting things to glean from this game. Jay, you spent the majority of the game watching what I think we all have thought is the most important storyline of the season. That's what's going to happen in his guard spot. And kind of just, just focused on the offensive line play. What did you what did you uh, gather from, from watching it that way tonight? Uh, well, it feels like Michael Jordan's going to be the starting guard against Minnesota on week one, in week one. It's just the way, yeah, there's a lot of time between now and then, but I think I kind of thought that Maybe it was going to be Suafilo and and Spain and just they know what they have in those guys and we hadn't seen a lot of them in practice. It was really, it, it struck me that that Zou, Xavier Xavier Suafilo didn't play at all in the first half and then he played a lot in the second half. And if it's a if it's one of those things where we know what we've got in that guy, it it seemed odd that I I, I believe it was four straight series he played to start the second half and it it just. That, that whole rotation seemed out of whack a little bit. And it was, you know, they got Quentin Spain out of there in a hurry. Um, he They saw one series for him, got a little bit of a look at Michael Jordan. But he's been running with the ones in practice. He, he goes out there. He's the, the starting guard in the game tonight. And it, it just it feels like that's the direction they're going to go unless we see some sort of meteoric rise from Jackson Carmen over the next few weeks. And... Um, it wasn't awful tonight, but it wasn't great. Uh, I mean, his first snap, he has a holding penalty. And we've seen it. He's come in, first snap, 
in practice in 11s and, and has a false start. It, it, th those are not the kind of things you want to do when you're trying to win a job. So it, it's kind of hard to, you know, put, put, gr put grades on these guys right away and, and evaluate it just on the first glance. But the overall takeaway to me is it feels like Michael Jordan's going to be that guy September 12th against the Vikings. I asked Zach Taylor after about sort of the, the rotations and Suofilo not coming into the second half. And his response was, don't make anything out of that. You know, we're, we're just kind of trying to get guys in wherever we can. And my takeaway on it is the same that I've said a lot time, a lot about Xavier Suofilo. And that is, we know who he is. We don't need to see him go against the better players, but you still want him to go get reps and stay fresh. So you give Jordan and Carmen and Deontay Smith the chance to go out against Tampa Bay's ones and twos, knowing that Suofilo is going to go out there and run in the second half because you because we know his level more and that you can get a better judge on those other three guys. And, you know, I, but I'm with you. The fact that it, we've continually seen Michael Jordan in there, in in camp with the ones, and now again with the ones. And now he is the only one. I mean, you know, clearly it's like we've said, if the four are set, it's about that last spot because they the four all left, but Jordan remained because he, he you don't count. You don't get to go over there with the rest of the guys that have jobs, okay? You you stay in there, Mike, and keep playing. Uh, How do you think they played? I mean, Deontay Smith had some per, some wow moments, a, a couple of them. Yeah, he really did. And, I mean, no sacks, two quarterback hits. Um they didn't run the ball great until the end when Jacques Patrick got in there and started ripping off a couple chunk runs. Um, it, it it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't the calamity that I, I think a lot of people are fearing um, because because of the fact that they didn't address the line. They didn't take Panay Sewell. They they didn't address the line as much as people would have liked. I thought it was a solid a solid start. Deontay Smith did have some some really good plays. He had there there were the two plays that there there were two fumbles and the, the first one when the Bengals were driving um in the red zone, Michael Jordan gets to the second level and complete completely whiffs um on the linebacker and then he he makes the hit, the force fumble and the the, the fumble recovery. Same thing kind of happened to Deontay Smith in the second half where he, they, he kicked out to tackle um, and he got beat on an inside move. And that, everybody's you, your first glance is, oh, oh, that was great hustle. He dove on the fumble. And but the reason he was there to dive on the fumble is because he was chasing the guy that he completely missed. So it, there was there was good and there was bad. Um, nobody really flashed as, as great. I thought Quentin Spain and his limited action – um, played well as you would expect, but um, say Jackson Carmen too had had some plays. I mean, the play that was reviewed on the goal line where it looked like Chris Evans might have got in, he just blew his guy out. He came off the ball really fast and, and it kind of created that opportunity for Chris Evans to score there. They they held, they upheld it. It wasn't a touchdown, but they come back on the next play and run right behind him again and get the touchdown. So. Um, Good, some stuff to build on. Nothing, nothing great, nothing terrible. But if if you're looking at overall grade, C plus, B minus, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think as a whole, I mean, this was about the rookies tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was about the young kids, and they made it clear. I mean, the vets, 
that have positions on this team were barely going to play. I mean, everybody knew that, and they they were played. You're talking single digit snaps. You're talking every uh, all your your main guys go get a get a touch, including sending Higgins back out there on the next drive to go get his touch. And Brandon Allen knew he's supposed to get his touch. He's got one play to get it to Higgins, and he threw it to him so that he could get naked so that Joe. T, Jamar, uh, and Tyler Boyd could all have one catch, and they did. And then everybody go, put your hats on. And But this was really so much about it. I mean, to me, the story of the night was Joseph Osai. I mean, yes. it was he was the star. He was the best player on the field. It wasn't close. And he was in on every play, and it wasn't just the fact that he sacked the GOAT. In his first series, I mean, he's out there and, and him and Trey Hendrickson combined to take down Tom Brady. But, you know, he was getting pressures, which it's great. PFF already has the like pressure numbers on Osai tonight to five pressures on 22 pass rush snaps, which was the highest number of pressures for any rookie this week in week one of the preseason. And but to me, that wasn't even what like that wasn't even the thing that flashes much is he was always in the area. The play where he had the pursuit from the weak side yes. on the toss is like that's what you signed up for. Like the the they're running a toss away from him and he chases it all the way down. And the moment the back hesitates for a second, he blows him up from the back. And I think he got like one yard on the run. Yeah. And I was like, that's that is what we heard about. That energy, that pursuit, that that whole way he plays. Is is what we were sold, and and they were not sold a bag of goods, man. They were sold the goods. Uh, the problem is the last big play he makes. There he is on the ground holding his wrist, and it was you know right. You're at the end of the third quarter where we've almost reached. I've seen enough mode with him. Like I thought that might be his last play, and it it was. He goes right yeah. over to the trainers, and they're looking at him, and they're looking at his wrist. And they're kind of like tapping him on the shoulder, like telling him something important, taking him to the blue tent. Uh, they said they're going to have him evaluated more uh, when they get back to Cincinnati. But, you know, you're look, you're hoping it's not a, a broken wrist or some kind of fracture. Um, you're hoping that you're talking about bad bruise or whatever it is. Otherwise, are we talking about club, man? Are we going to have to talk about playing with a club or just not playing at all until, you know, mid-September? Uh, who knows that where where this lands? But uh, it's a shame that such a great debut ends with uh, the concern of an injury. Yeah, I need to go back and watch because it felt like I thought that they had taken both him and Sample out, and then they ran him back out there for that play. Um, they had been out for a little bit, but Sample obviously he stayed. He made the the sack on the last play of the game, so he did stay in. Um, but yeah. It was it was interesting that they they had Osai on the post game radio show, so that would lead you to believe maybe they're they're not too concerned that it's it's worst case scenario, but they won't know until they they get back home and 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 do the further testing and, and see what the extent of it is. But he was he it was it, it first it was him, and then as soon as his wrist injury happened, then it was Darius Hodge. It just over and over and over that he had five quarterback hits um, w- was just relentless too. He was in the backfield constantly and yes, it's against twos and threes of Tampa Bay, but this team is desperate 
for a pass rush. And who knows if if Darius Hodge can even be in the conversation for the 53. But if you've got multiple guys like that, they had 13 quarterback hits tonight against the, the defending Super Bowl champions, which again, not the starters, but when you have a, a roster that good, it's t- typically deeper than most rosters. So it, w- it was a, a good sign um, that that entire pass rush led by Osai. It was just, he just popped from the beginning until that last play. Yeah, I mean, to me, he was, it was really, I mean, it's not just because he wears 58 and not just because he's playing that position. It was eerily reminiscent of Carl Lawson's first preseason where you were like, whoa, look at this guy. Like, he is doing it. And, I mean, Osai was that guy. I mean, his first sack comes around Tristan Wirfs and takes down Tom Brady. I mean, you, you can't find a better combo to go to go beat. Now, Brady was pretty quick to go down, but still, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that was... That was no joke, and what he was doing out there, uh, because he was just so much better than everybody else, was was noticeable. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A few others that I want to talk about. Chris Evans. Chris Evans had one of my favorite moments tonight in postgame. Uh, <laughs> he's discussing, he's just uh, just asking him sort of about how his first game was, the general softball to get it started. He's like, man, the guys were so big out there. I was like blown <laughs> away at how big they He had He had these like big eye, wide eyes as he was talking about it. He's like, they're first team guys. I was like, whoa, look at these guys. And, and he said, and then the second team guys came out. I was like, okay, this is a little more of my speed, what I'm comfortable with. Like, you know, it's just like... Oh, it's so funny. I mean, because it is when you're a rookie and, and you know, he went to Michigan. It's not like he went to some nothing school, but it's just a, it's just different. They get, they look different here, you know, and you don't really realize that I think until you get up and you really line it up and the lights are on and everything else. And, uh, it was a great, it was such a great, like, you know, very authentic, genuine rookie debut thing to say, you know, a guy who I thought played really well, even though his numbers didn't show it. Um, his runs were really impactful. The third and one where he took it and like spun off in the backfield and turned it into a six yard run. Uh, I thought, you know, that's the exact type of thing you want to see from him to show that he can give you that man. That was a big box check for me. Yeah, because that's what I think was the, the two big questions was how he could run the ball inside the tackles and how he could do in pass pro. He's looked great catching the ball and I noted that at halftime where he had seven runs for 17 yards in the first half and no catches and then 
I, I, I didn't think that they were going to throw to him a lot. I just, we talked about this on the last podcast. I just, it just felt like there was, there was going to be a lot of check downs, especially once the backup quarterbacks. Well, I mean, you started the backup quarterback, but once you got to, to Shermer and we did start to see that where he started getting some more catches in the, in the second half, but he did, he, I mean, he slammed it up in there and it's, it's, it was an honest moment in that post game that you're talking about, but it's, it's his eyes were big, but the it, it, the game the moment wasn't too big for him. He looked like he belonged out there, and that was that was a great sign. And um, I just I, I just keep going back to if if he can if he can be that kind of guy, is Joe Mixon going to be that that three down back that that Brian Callahan has talked about? I mean, you you have that luxury of you could use either one of those guys on third down and maybe save Joe for for later in the season um saves a wear and tear on him I I think it was a big moment for Chris Evans and you know Travion Williams suffered the the hamstring injury late in the last practice before they went down to Tampa um he probably would have seen a lot more playing time and Chris Evans may have not got an, as much and that's what you want to see a guy gets an opportunity and makes the most of it brutal for Travion I mean, yeah. it feels like a final blow. Like, I mean, hamstring injury, right, I mean, like right at the end of practice where it's the last thing you do and all of a sudden now you can't be I mean, a hamstring injury. Are you going to be able to play next week? I mean, that feels unlikely. Hamstrings in general, that's on a short week. Mm-hmm. It seems like a tough sell. Um, he has to have these games. Like he has to play and go prove that he's good. I mean, Chris Evans out here making plays. And that's in people's minds. And and you are a guy that has doesn't have the opportunity to go out there, you know? Can't make the club in the tub, and I think that's the case. I mean, this feels like the thing that could end up putting him on the practice squad. Um, unfortunately, that's just the, the, the way it breaks for you sometimes. Um, while we're on the rookies' comments, I mean, Evan McPherson more the same. I mean, I don't know how – it's like how much of Cybert we're going to continue to see who, did, again, does nothing to hurt himself, just makes his kicks. But, you know, McPherson comes out and drops a 40-yarder over top of the net, and, you know, he just, he's, it was just money again. The guy hasn't missed except for the one from 60. You're just – it's just kind of who he's been, and, uh, you know, the game didn't change that. You know, you worry about okay when the lights come on. Now you gotta you gotta go do it in the game. What's it gonna look like? And it looked exactly the same. You just bombs down the middle, and uh, so a, a really good showing, I thought, from from McPherson. Anybody else stand out for you, Jay? Um, well, on McPherson, the one thing there, I know they all count the same, whether they sneak inside the upright or go right down the middle. But it does seem like his always go right down the middle. He doesn't just make them; they are. They are perfect, and we hear it in practice that that boom. But it it was noticeable. I for people that may not know, I stayed home in Cincinnati and watched the game on TV while Paul was there. And you, you it just sounds different. The ball coming off his foot, that that thud. Um, the, so yes, really impressive there. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, Jalen Davis. I mean, he's been making plays in in practice. He he went out there and really. They had those two interceptions. It was um, Trayvon and Kayvon. Kayvon Frazier and Trayvon Henderson had the two picks, but Jalen Davis made both of those plays. It was his coverage that led to both of those. Uh, he he feels like he is easily going to lock up that 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 final spot on on the final cornerback spot in the room. He's just he's 
looked really good throughout throughout training camp and then again tonight to do it when the lights come on and and play well um i was happy for trayvon henderson um i don't know how much people pay attention but he was having a really good camp may have made may have made the 53 as a rookie uh had an interception um in the final preseason game and tore his acl on that interception and it's been a long road back for him and he's really never been in the mix to be in that the conversation for the 53 again. I'm not saying he is now, but it was it was good to see him get that pick and and have another moment after the the long road back that he's had. Yeah, he he had a he did have a really good camp. They really liked him. I mean, he's gotten himself multiple years of practice squad out of it, you know, and True. as I say all the time, I'll take that practice squad coin. <laughs> I'll take that. Let's go. Uh, I'll take that any day. So, uh that's good for him. Uh, Jalen Davis, the other thing on that is we talked to him after the game and he sort of said, look, uh, I'm in year four and I have one goal and that is to play for the same team two years in a row. Cause I've not done that yet. <laughs> and, and I got, I, I have this chip on my shoulder to go make plays and, and try to stick around and be here again and make it two years in a row to stay here. And, and I had that, I, I honestly was mad at myself because I had been thinking that I wanted to mention, make sure I mentioned him to put him on the record uh, before I came down here because I it just the way he'd been really with those backups, he always was making plays amongst those groups, and I felt like he might have a chance to tonight, and he a big night for him. I, I'm with you. I mean, you know, you're talking about him and Tony Brown now in the back of that. I guess is. You know, Darius is kind of a backup slot, but he plays the outside too. So could you just have Jalen be your backup slot and Darius and Eli Apple as your outside backups? I mean, you certainly could do that. I think we sort of thought Tony Brown, but I mean, what has Tony Brown done? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think Jalen Davis, they're going to talk about turnovers. They're going to talk about how much it's, how important that is and stressing that. Um Jalen Davis in camp and in preseason game has done nothing but create them. So I, I think that should maybe that might be a, a tiebreaker for him a little bit. Um, yeah, I asked I asked about Burrow. We still don't have an answer on that. Um, I do not anticipate him playing in Washington. I, I look. I watched Chase Young come just free around the edge and destroy Cam Newton uh, in their game this past weekend. And my first thought was no. Freaking way am I putting nine out there in Washington for <laughs> Jonathan Allen and Chase Young to go run out there against. There's just no way. So, uh, you know, I don't see it happening. They'll, they have not said anything official. They're going to meet with the staff and go through the plan for the week tomorrow. And we'll hear more probably. Um, I assume on Monday, they'll probably tell us he's not going to play. I, I can't, you got to be out your damn mind to put him back out on that same field where he got yeah. hurt while those guys are going to be hunting. I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine. I, we've talked about it since the very beginning. If he's going to play, what's it going to look like, Jay? It's going to be the first series at home against Miami, controlled environment. And some nice, nice, easy one little series. Get him what he needs to to feel like he checked that box and get him out of there. Call it a day and, and see in a few weeks. You know, I think that's where this lands. But we'll get more official word here as we as we go forward here in the next couple of days. Yeah, you can you can play him and protect him a little bit with a lot of short, quick throws. Um, I, everybody wants to see the deep ball and, and ha- have him get some connection with Jamar Chase and get that going. But I, I don't think that would be the case if he did play against Miami you know, a series, maybe two, if the first one's a three and out, um, just let him shake off the rust and, and get a couple quick throws in some handoffs, 
call it a day. I still, I would, I would lean more toward not playing him at all. And just the, the, the risk outweighs the rewards. And, um, he, he didn't, he didn't look like the, the most sharp Joe Burrow in the season opener last year, but he didn't look like a rookie who had had no off season or preseason either. Uh, he he's capable of, of stepping in on September 12th and playing well without seeing any preseason action this year. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into that as we come up this week and we, uh, we preview next week in Washington where Jay and I will switch spots. You get to go do the trip and uh, head to DC and I'll stay back at the humble abode and watch it on TV. Uh, and, and, but we, we both, of course, if, if you're not a subscriber, good time to do so. Uh, we're getting rolling now. Our stories are, are up in the morning. Uh, f- me from down here taking some observations and Jay with a closer look at the offensive line stuff. And we'll have plenty more coming throughout this week and leading into the game in Washington, then home against Miami. And then we are onward to the opener against Minnesota. Good to be covering games again. Good to be doing the road trip. Shout out to the, the Columbia restaurant. Uh, down here in Tampa, which is freaking amazing. Uh, open since 19, 1905. When, when a restaurant's been open since 1905, like you, you know, you can go in there and it's good. And it's good. I love Tampa. Fly in. Stadium is, you can see the stadium from the airports right there. Ho- good hotels right next, right between the two. The Columbia. Uh, I'm, I'm on board. Like super, super easy, low maintenance. Good way to ease in. Good way to ease in. I say that before I've done my flight back. I have a 6 a.m. flight. It's going to be horrendous. <laughs> However, uh, a good way to ease back into traveling again. So we try to get used to that. But um, we'll continue to, of course, bring you walkouts after every game, preseason, regular season. Super Bowl, right? I mean, you got the first dub under you. You got to feel you've beaten the champs. Start thinking about uh, ring sizes and uh, and trophies. And, yeah, are the Fountain Square? Is that where we're going to do the parade? I guess, right? I mean, <laughs> I assume. Uh, so get, start start thinking about all that now. It's uh, it's in the books. But uh, all right, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We will uh, we'll talk to you next time. We hear the podcast. Round.